Welcome, everyone, to Behind the Mask Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Jeremy. In this podcast, we discuss the characteristics of ego, self-discovery, and finding our most authentic self. Remember, I don't claim to be the expert. I'm here to merely share my knowledge, understanding, and experiences with the sole interest of helping others. Welcome, welcome, everybody. So today's topic um, is basically stop controlling and start allowing. So as I've mentioned before, right, in the past uh, few episodes, we're now transitioning of, of not only just defining what ego was or is and how it shows up, now the last or the second half of this first season is going to be with the intention of talking about best practices on how to get out of an egocentric perspective or an ego paradigm or ego living and to get more into our self, our authentic self and authentic way of living and, our, and a genuine way of, of being. Now, again, I'm going to put this disclaimer out there and I'm going to do it quite often because, you know, from time to time we get comments like, well, you know, this, this doesn't work for me. Understand that when we talk about self-development and we talk about self-discovery, it really is a process. It's work. It's something that has to be continuous. Also, I am sharing with you the things that have worked for me, the things that I have experimented with, with other people and the people that I've coached and the people that I've worked with. And so it, I don't have the answers for everybody. And I think it's important to just acknowledge and discuss that, that, look, these are these are best practices, but it's important that you experiment with these things and then look for other ways that may fit better for you in the way that you learn, the way that you grow, and so forth. So, again, I these are not all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I wish that I did. But for me, these are things that, that I worked with, that I've experimented with, that I've experienced with in my life, and also that I've used in helping others, and they've come to find benefit and value of it. So hopefully that just, again, gives the, the, the concept that these aren't the end-all, say-all. These are best practices, and these are things that have worked. But ultimately, the most important element of these episodes is the fact that it does require us to do some work, to, be, to truly self-discover it requires us to pay attention it requires us to be honest it requires us to to confront some of the things that we may not want to confront or address some of the things that we don't want to address right and to accept the truths of reality that we may not want to accept so it, it is a work in progress it's something that has to be continuous and if you're at the space and time in your life that you're ready to now step out of the egocentric perspective, if you're ready to fully step into your full authentic self, to be genuinely 100% who you are, then these are some steps that can help you to do so. And it's going to be continuous. And I'm telling you today, I've been, I've been on this journey and path now for 12 years. And I'm telling you, even still to this day, I still have struggles and, and fall back and revert back to old patterns and behaviors. And I have to check myself and I have to stop and go back to these things, these best practices and go back to the things that have helped me to get out of it. And there's times where I will review a best practice that really helped me when I first started out. 
that doesn't serve me anymore. It doesn't work. And so then I have to kind of go back to the drawing board. I have to go and review and look for other ways that can help me to get through it. And then we explore and we expand more. And then we learn even more stuff and more in depth about who we are. So again, as we're going through these things right now, we've talked about the last episode was letting go of or working through the fears of the different level of fears that we had. Um, a couple, you know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about letting go of the validation. It takes time to process those things. And, and yes, we are releasing these episodes week after week. But if you're still working on the validation piece, continue to work on that. I encourage you to continue to work on that. And then when you feel like you're in a good place, then work on to the next level, which is the fear and really addressing that. Um, I do want to point out this element that I heard on another video that I was listening to. And there was, there was a lady that she was talking about the, there's a big difference between growth mindset and healing mindset or growth energy and healing energy. Understand that those two things are different. If you are in a growth energy, okay, then you are looking for ways to get better, to enhance yourself, to understand yourself more, to push the the understanding that you currently have to a higher level of understanding. When you're in a growth energy, you can't necessarily be in a healing energy. You can be, however, you have to understand that those are two very distinct energies. Healing energy really is the purpose of healing a wound or a trauma or something that is really inhibiting you from moving into a space of grow energy. And I think a lot of times that is something that happens, and especially when we talk about control, like we're going to talk about today, I think a lot of times we get into this mindset that, oh, I just got to control everything and, and just push it to move forward and, and, and I'm going to heal while I grow and it's all going to happen and it's going to happen very quickly and I'm going to feel great in a week or so. <laughs> that, unfortunately, I wish that was the case, but unfortunately that's not the case. And so when you're going through the process and if you feel like you're kind of hitting your head against the wall at times, you have to take a step back and you have to analyze and say, okay, am I... Am I approaching this this situation or this topic or where I'm at right now, am I approaching it with a growth energy or am I approaching it with a healing energy? And I know from my experience there's been times where I have been in a growth energy, but I really needed to be in a healing energy because I can't grow past where I was at without healing the thing that was holding me there, that was anchored me into that, that position in life. And so it's important to acknowledge that and realize that and to say, okay, I need to stop trying to just push forward because I'm not going anywhere. I need to stop. I need to honor where I'm at. And then I need to put my energy and focus into healing this specific thing that keeps coming up for me. And then once we do that, all of a sudden, then you feel this release point and it helps you to move forward. So the topic today, and I, again, I, I'm going to put that disclaimer out there, but the main point is, is that these things that we're discussing, they're not end-all, say-all. These are just some of the best practices, things that have worked for me. And if there are things that, that you discover in your, in your journey and some of the practices that really work for you, then by all means, I would love for you guys to share those things with us. Um, you can send us emails. You can get online and, and uh, make some comments, uh, especially when we talk about the 
the uh, alerts for the new podcast episodes being released, you know, share some of those insights with us because something that may work for you that I don't talk about could definitely work for another listener. And so if you have those, please, by all means, would love to hear that feedback from you. So to start out, I want to share a fable story of Alexander the Great. And when I say a fable story, what that means is, is that I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if it can even be confirmed. But it's a, it's a story nonetheless that illustrates some of the points that I'm going to be talking about today. So basically the story goes like this. That Alexander the Great, as he was on his deathbed, and it was his last days that he had all of his counselors and his, his, his loved ones around. And basically the priest came in and said, okay, you have three wishes that, you, that we will grant to you upon your death. What are those three wishes? And so Alexander the Great, he's sitting there contemplating, he's thinking, he says, okay, wish number one, he wanted to be carried in his coffin to the grave by all the best doctors in the world. So the priest took that down, and a little baffled, but okay. The second wish is that he wanted the path to the grave to be lined with all of the things that he acquired in his lifetime. The gold, the jewels, all of the things that he's acquired, the wealth and the riches. He wanted the pathway to be lined from where he was being carried to his, from his bed to the grave with all of the things that he's acquired, the wealth that he's acquired in his life. And the third thing, he says, I want my coffin to be open, and I want my body to be left in a position that every person can see both the top and the bottom of my hands. So the priests, they, they make note of these three things, these three wishes. And as they're kind of finishing up that ceremony, they, they look to him and they say, okay, very curious as to why you're wanting these three things. Why, why are these three wishes? Why are they your last three wishes on this, on this planet and in this lifetime? He says, I want all the best doctors in all the land to carry my grave because I want everyone to know that no matter who you are, no matter what your title is, you cannot escape death. Not even the greatest doctors in all the world can stop you from dying. So the second thing, I want all of my wealth, all of my riches, all of the things that I've acquired in this lifetime, I want to lay the path that of me going to my grave to illustrate the fact that we cannot take things with us. And that no matter how much time in life we spend going after those things, at the end of the day, we will be buried without them. And the last thing is I want everyone to see my hands front and back. He said, because at the end of the day, when we come into this life, we come empty-handed. And when we leave this life, we leave empty-handed. When you think about control, and, and I want you to contemplate those areas in your life where you struggle with really finding control or, or having control, a lot of the, the desire for control, the obsession for control, is usually tied into fear. And when you think of the four characteristics of ego, when you think about the seeking validation, living in fear, 
you know, obsessing over control, and then you know, power, which is the next topic we're going to talk about. They're also linked to, together. They're they're very individualistic as far as characteristics goes, but they're also linked together. And I think control and fear really are two aspects that are very intertwined when it comes to healing from them and changing the perspective and paradigm to live away from ego. I want to, again, express the fact that the control is not a bad thing in itself. As I mentioned before, you know, I, I work with training kids in basketball and within that realm, as well as even with the, within the work and my coaching clients, I always will, you'll hear me say this often, control the controllables. And so what I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, try to control things. And I'm not saying that don't ever try to control anything. What I mean by that when you say control the controllables is really truly understanding coming to terms with what are the areas that you do actually have control over. Ego wants us to believe that that we have control over a lot of different things. <laughs> and when we talked first talked about this characteristic, we went and dove into a little bit more of the specifics of things that we try to control. So some of the best practices to be able to get out of your way and trying to control things and start allowing them are a few of these different practices. First and foremost, what I would say is, is if you have not done a self-inventory and you're not quite sure of the areas in your life that you are you obsess over trying to control, I would strongly suggest that you do so. Because awareness and consciousness is the most important thing that when we're talking about self-development, when we're talking about working and growing, and becoming truly authentic, awareness is the most crucial element in that process. And so if control is something that you always seem to go after or you feel that you have a good grasp on, but maybe not, then do a self-inventory. And again, you can find that that uh, self-inventory form on our website. And if you haven't done so and want to do so, then then download that. It's free. Just submit your email, and then from there, we'll send it over to you. Um, but to understand the areas, first and foremost, is obviously very crucial, and that's something that is a very consistent step in every process and every aspect of being able to, to fully understand who we are. The other thing in my experience when it comes to control, and this is what I would strongly encourage everyone to do, you need to connect with the higher power. Whether that's religion, whether it's God, whether it's the universe, whether it's Mother Earth, whether it's your, your version of your best self or your higher self, whatever it may be, I think it's very clear that for the most part, we as human beings understand that we are part of something much bigger than ourselves. And so connecting with that and connecting with that in a, in a healthy way is extremely important. And when I say a healthy way, it's important to understand that just because you believe in God doesn't mean that that's a healthy way. Because if you believe in God in a way that, that God is very vengeful, very judgmental, 
that if you're not living perfectly, then you are cast out and that you're not worthy to be with that God. That's not healthy for you. That's, that's, that's a, an ide- ideology of shame and guilt. So connect with your higher power that helps you understand that you are special, that you are unique, that you are something that is part of a bigger model and that you are needed, that you are important. Because if you don't have that connection, then it, it, it's very clear why you were trying to control everything in your life. And that, that becomes an obsession to the point where you don't feel safe at all. And I have spoken with some people that have had some amazing, amazingly brutal experiences in their life. A person that I spoke with was sexually abused at a young age due to devil-worshipping rituals and was shared as a young little girl with multiple men. Like, that, that baffles me. And and since then, some other experiences that she had had that had followed suit with that. Another friend that I spoke with shared the story of how every week he broke a bone for two years. But he didn't break it. His dad did. And it was like this challenge. And... The dad's response was, I'm doing this to make you stronger. So unfathomable things have happened to us, but we need to get to a place to where we have an understanding that we are all part of something bigger than ourselves. That we are connected one way or another. And that there is a higher power out there. And so for me, in my experiences with control that was one of the biggest practices and i had to change my philosophy because at the time when this was going on i did i was connected to a religion and it wasn't a healthy connection and so i had to take a step back and i had to say no i'm starting from scratch i'm cutting everything off and I went to the polar opposite. I went to say, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in there's anything. And, and I'm not going to, to follow any sort of religion. But somehow, inside, internally, I knew that there was still more. I knew and felt that I was part of something more than just myself. And that my experience of me being here on this earth was not relegated to just the experiences that I've had in my childhood. And up to that point in my life. The second best practice when it comes to control is learning your own limitations. Understand that we are beings of duality. And this topic is going to come up a lot, especially in the next season when we talk about the awakening. But duality, we are human beings. And can I be spiritual? And can I be closed-minded? Absolutely. Can I be compassionate? And very judgmental? Absolutely. Can I be very kind and giving and very selfish and manipulative? Absolutely. 
but it's it's coming to terms and understanding okay what are the limitations that i have and what do i choose to be and so go through make a list of areas where you feel that you struggle the most and going back to understanding the areas that you obsess for control and then from there connect those to the biggest fears that you have right if your biggest fear is that you're going to be lonely and then you dig deeper and that fear is is reinforced because of the fact that you were abandoned as a kid then you control over how you that you obsess then in an ego perspective you obsess over how people are in your life you obsess over controlling how they interact with you you obsess over them doing things and leaving you or how they act and interact with you. So knowing our limitations and knowing the areas that we struggle with and tie them to the fears that we have helps again to increase our awareness on the areas that are hardest for us to deal with. And we can start there to address them. The other thing that I think is very important to talk about, especially when it comes to control, is the expectations that we carry. Now, this is a little bit of a challenging topic to talk about. It's something that I've had some pretty challenging experiences over the last year myself with this. Understand that there's two sets of, of things that we have as human beings in our mind. right? We have a set of standards, and then we have expectations. And some people, some of us, may confuse the two and blend them and say, well, you know, I just have these expectations that things should be this way. Or I have expectations about this person that I'm in a relationship with that these, this is how the relationship should look like. And so then we try to control it. And again, trust me, I have experienced this in a lot of different avenues of my life. So understanding that expectations are things that we build up that are immediately followed by judgment. And that's, for me, is one of the biggest indicators in which helps us to understand what expectations are. If I have an expectation that it immediately follows, is followed by judgment, and when we start judging something, Usually that comes down to it's it's underlined with fear. So if I have an expectation that this restaurant that I heard, I'm just going to share a little example of you with you, that I heard this new Chinese restaurant in town was the best Chinese food ever. Right? I heard from four or five different people. They all say that that was the best Chinese food restaurant they'd ever been to. So now I'm saying, okay, I'm going to go to this Chinese food restaurant. I have the expectation that I'm going to eat this Chinese food that literally I've never tasted before because it's the best that these other people have ever tasted. I really like Chinese food. So I'm going to go there and I have these expectations that it's going to be mind-blowing. So I get there, sit down, start eating, and then what's the next thing that happens? I judge it. Who knows? Maybe it is the best Chinese food restaurant. And so then those expectations were confirmed. Whereas a lot of times, 
the expectations that we have are not met. And so then from there, you're like, yeah, I mean, the food was good, but I mean, it's not the best I've ever had. And so it diminishes the experience of you eating there for the first time. And then fear can settle in. And then it turns into, well, maybe I didn't get a chance. Maybe, maybe the food that I ate wasn't the right dish. Let me go and find out what they ate. We start to get into this comparison because now we're fearing, well, maybe, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe, maybe my taste buds don't work right or, or maybe I didn't have the right dish or maybe, you know, we just go into these spirals of, of questioning ourselves and think about how often we get in our own life when a decision that we make or expectation or experience that we have and all of a sudden we go and overanalyze that experience. And a lot of it is due to the fact because of our expectations. Now, standards is different. Standards are saying, you know what? I, I don't want to eat bad Chinese food. I'm open to trying different places. But I want to make sure that the menus are good, the reviews are good. And I'm not going to judge the restaurants that I go into them. I'll be open to experience what I'm going to experience there. And if I like it and feel that that meets the standards or the quality that I like and enjoy, then at that point in time, I will continue to go back to that place. That's a difference, right? I'm, I'm not judging, per se, that experience. I'm merely saying this is what I desire, this is what I'm looking for, and if that this meets that desire, that standard, then I will continue to go back to that because I feel good doing it. I feel good doing it. Where if I have expectations that I'm going to this place and it's going to be the absolute best restaurant, best Chinese food in town, and I go in there and it's not as what I think is the best Chinese food, then I'm going to criticize it. I'm going to tell people, oh, it wasn't that good. Right? It turns into judgment, which then is reinforced by our fear. And so there is this vicious cycle that we get into when it comes to trying to control our experiences in life. There's a vicious cycle that we have that we set these expectations, which then is followed up by judgments, which then in turn is reinforced by our fears, and then we get right back into that cycle. And so think about how many times and experiences in life you've gone into something trying to have this control over the experience and saying, okay, I, I want my experience to be this, and it's going to be this, this, and this. And if it's not, then I'm out. It's not that I'm not going to settle. And so the way that we can start breaking the cycle is to start paying attention to what our expectations are and what areas in our life that we hold high expectations. Most often we hold high expectations with other people. We expect them to be a certain way. And if they're not, then we judge them. And when we judge them, it reinforces our fear. Having a standard of what we're looking for is different. But having expectations of people is entirely ego-based. And unfortunately, these are lessons that are very hard learned. So challenge those expectations. Take ownership. And again, I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. It's so crucial that we are completely honest, brutally honest with ourselves. 
in holding what to to holding ourselves accountable to express and to acknowledge really do we have expectations do we have have it do we have high expectations do we have unrealistic unrealistic expectations the other best practice and one of the things that i always try to help people with in, in coaching and in discussing when this topic of control and stop controlling and start allowing. And what I mean by that is that so often we don't allow life to unfold. So Jim Carrey talks about the mindset of is life happening to you or is life happening for you? And those are two very drastically different mindsets. If life is happening to me, that mindset is a victim mindset. Poor me. I am a victim of circumstances and I can't get ahead because this, this, and this, and we have all the details and all the, all the things that have lined up as to why it's not happening. And so what, what do we do then at that point in time? We try to control at least our own little box. When we are in a creative mindset, when we start to get out and say life is happening for me, we start to let go of control and we start to allow our greater power, we start to allow the mystery of life, the magic of life, we start to allow those things to unfold. And I want you to think about some of the best experiences that you've had in life. And I guarantee it was probably followed up with, man, I did not expect that to happen. When you meet somebody that all of a sudden turns into the love of your life, in a random parking lot somewhere and had no, like there was no way of like coordinating that to happen, but it happens. And all of a sudden that person impacts your life deeper than anyone else. And you sit there and say, man, I didn't expect that to happen. So when we are in that mode of allowing life to unfold, we're in the mindset of a creator mindset saying, you know what, I'm not quite sure how things are going to happen. I have standards, I have, I have goals, I have things that I would like to accomplish or like to have, but I'm not going to obsess over how, I, how they come or how I get them. Then all of a sudden we can get more in, in the flow with things. We can get more in the flow of life. And all of a sudden little, little miracles and little uh, kind gestures happen on a daily basis. And that's when we can get to a point of saying that life is happening for us and not to us. Also understand that there really is no right or wrong choice. Okay, I'm sure some of you guys are rolling your eyes right now, saying, what the hell is Jeremy talking about? But when you really truly think about it in the grand scheme of things, the two things that we truly get to keep in life is experiences and knowledge. Can we gain knowledge without experiences? Maybe. I mean, we read books. There are those types of things. However, if nobody ever experiences things, how can they ever write it in a book? How can we share those types of things? Right? You can tell a child all day long, hey, don't touch that red stove. It's hot. But someone had to touch it and had to share and experience it. So at the end of the day, if there is a strong desire that you have to have an experience, then is making a choice to have that experience a wrong choice? Or is it a choice that just has a certain circumstance to it? 
going back to the expectations is we can have expectations and judgment of how things should look like. But at the end of the day, the most valuable lessons that we have had in our lives are usually experiences or situations that we would not choose to go through. But yet they were the most valuable experiences that we had. We didn't expect that to happen to us. However, it happened to us, and we grew from that. We became better. We learned. We experienced. And so when we're living in a fear perspective, when we are in fear of, of the choices that we're making because, oh, i got to make the right choice because if I make the wrong one, then bad things are going to happen. Well, guess what? Bad things are going to happen regardless if you want to look at them that way. But again, our greatest lessons that we've been taught come through those negative and bad experiences. So in understanding and taking away the power of fear and saying that, you know what, I'm going to make a choice based off of the experience and the knowledge that I have up to this point and based off of what I want to accomplish. And when I can let go of trying to control the outcome of it, then at that point in time, I can allow the experience to unfold and for me to learn the lesson that needs to come into place. And so when you're trying to make a decision, don't look at that decision saying, oh, I've got to make the right choice. Just look at what's the choices that I have available to me. What are my options? And then from there, what are the outcomes of those options? What are the responses? And then you move on from there. So, Taking a, a very honest, brutal self-inventory, learning your own limitations, connecting with your higher power, understanding the difference of expectations versus standards, and looking at life's decisions not based off of what's right or wrong, what's, what's the right choice or the wrong choice, but to look at them merely as, here are my options, here are the outcomes or the possible outcomes of those options, and which which outcome do I ideally want to experience? That takes away the obsession of trying to control every ounce of that decision and every part of the experience. Again, some of the greatest things that have happened to me in my life were followed up by, I did not expect that to happen. The moment that I let go of wanting or or expecting something to happen, the second I let go of that expectation, all of a sudden it happens. Or something that I was desiring happens. So keep that in mind as you're going through the process of working on letting go of your ego mask and taking that off. Right? What are the areas and categories in which you are searching for? Uh, stability. Because, again, control usually is correlated in our minds and in our, in our, our spirit and in our heart. It's, it's correlated with safety. And the reality of it is, is if you truly want to be safe your entire life, then stay in a closet. But what does that do for you? Does it help you grow? Does it help you learn? Does it help you, you know, experience life? No. And so to have a conscious mindset of stop controlling and start allowing life to unfold and allowing life to happen for you and not to you, we change our perception of how things come into play. Some of, some of the resources, some you know, for those of you who like to read books or even listen to audiobooks or videos, um, my experience in, in really helping me letting go of control, uh, 
some of the some of the resources that I really like and enjoy and that I refer to people is uh, Eckhart Tolle. He's pretty popular. And the power of now and understanding that in the present moment, a lot of hit from his philosophy, all that we have able for us to experience is what's happening in the present moment. And when he talks about how we get into ego, it's because we're trying to control everything in the present moment. But is that fully living? Uh, Abraham Hick, Hicks is um, a speaker and has does a lot of workshops. And the philosophy, you know, behind that is becoming or getting to a point where you can sit in flow of the energy of the universe. And by sitting in flow allows you to get the things that you truly want. And when we try to control that flow, we try to control those things. And that's when things spiral out of, out of control in our life. Um, the other one that's maybe not, not as much as a, a spiritually minded book um, is who moved the cheese. And I read that a long time ago um, in, in corporate America. And that that's based around how to adapt to change and allow things to just unfold in life and not get so caught up on, you know, things that are outside of our comfort level. So a few resources for you if you want to continue to explore this, if this is an area that you struggle a lot with. Again, we're always open uh, for you reaching out with any questions and however we can help you. Um, But one of the biggest things for me that helped me in understanding the importance of letting go of ego is discovering the areas of my life that I really obsessed over controlling and realizing of how little control that I had and how that was driving me absolutely insane. So again, I hope you have a blessed week. I hope these episodes are helping you. I hope take on, I hope you take on the challenge and some of the exercises that we talk about and that way you're one step closer to really becoming free of the mask and stepping into your own genuine, authentic self.